Hello and welcome back to Black Our Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Center. This is season three, part three, written by Hannah Shakespeare and directed by Andrew McCarthy. This episode premiered February 20th of 2020 and I gave it a 9.8 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Watching Jamie spiral out of control and where it stems from, just a... Uh, Lots of emotions and very concerned about him around his own baby. So we start this episode with Leela. She greets a still suffering Jamie, especially after almost killing someone, thinking he's doing them a favor. I'm really surprised that nobody called the police station. Like, so there was this weird incident that happened at the hospital. And we got a good look at the guy who did it. He happened to be someone we've seen several times before. But no, sometimes the show forgets to be logical. And it's allowed because it does not always take away from the viewing pleasure. However, it does need to be stated that it is very inconceivable that his actions would not be reported. We get more of Jamie's mindset as he asks Leela if she believes in a higher power or God after she wonders if this is due his struggling, anxiety, stress, to the rising emotions of having a child amidst a bad childhood, it seems. His mom and dad didn't feel like the ideal parents. He, he wonders how one can bring a child into a world where everyone is just scared of dying and having children is our way to give their lives some meaning or she states that children is a way to give their lives meaning or fill it with love but he's like no it sounds like that we're trying to uh, avoid the inevitability of death it's like a spiritual band-aid but the child will have to face death alone and all we're doing is kicking the can further down the road. Jesus Christ. Lena's like, boy, I give birth in three days. I'm going to need you to take this existential crisis somewhere else and stop talking about how we're bringing our child into a cesspit of life. Not to mention, my father didn't have a chance to think it through, living a life, breaking his back 60 hours a week, working for the betterment of said uh, children. He accuses her of throwing his white privilege in his face. Get it together, Marcelo! Control! And that's when she says, we'll talk about this when you calm down. Uh, and get some help. If you did hear any buzzing, you might still hear it. There's construction going on, apparently, every night. And I can't avoid it. So, <laughs> I will work my magic to try to get it out of the actual recording. But that is my situation currently. Harry wakes to Sonia at her place, who only paints men, we find out. Well, mostly, as she sees them more clearly. As he tours her studio, he gives her a compliment that she's really good. He also can't fa fathom why they decided to dig a grave on her property, and they don't know her at all. Is it Sonia or Sophie? I think it's Sonia. He finds her suspicious. She can't stay with anyone because this is her work but aren't you terrible like i would think if my life is at 
if I feel my life is being threatened, I don't give a fuck if that my job is here, my studio. Apparently, I'm gonna have to make my studio somewhere else. Harry seems to think that she needs security, and she seems flattered. He researched her. I'm working a case. That's you know, I look into all of the people involved. Jamie gets to where he's parking for his commute. There's a douchebag who takes up two spots, so he points it out to him and he replies, You can fit. Go suck a dick, suck a dick, suck a motherfucking dick. Suck a dick, suck a huge or small. I don't understand why people are intentional assholes or being a cunt as if that you don't know what that other person is going through. And that's how you get shot in the face. I'm just throwing this out there you don't know if you ever crossing that one on that day don't be an asshole just to be an asshole because when something happens to you i'm like well maybe if you were a human being you wouldn't have encountered or pushed this person over the edge with <laughs> your discourteous behavior if it, I'm not saying that being shot in the face isn't a little extreme. I'm saying don't test people's limits. Jamie sits across from him on the train though and stares and continues to do so until his ass leaves. Let's get it. This is exactly what I mean. Don't take these unnecessary chances. Soto links up with Harry who is hiding his sciatica, denying old age. I was not sure what's going on with his limp until I think in season two he got shot in the leg. Uh, per the college, Jamie did leave school midterm of his own accord, but was under disciplinary review for attacking his roommate. So he tracks him down. Soto wants to join for the interview, but Harry declines. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Poor Soto. Most interesting thing going on, and he keeps being blocked from being part of the the exciting parts. Emma apologizes to Jamie about her parents. Uh, he says, "Don't worry about it." But they are meeting off campus to discuss something at three thirty, telling her to skip class. Harry meets with the former roommate. I believe his name was Charles, who states that he was. Jamie, fine until junior year when he started hanging out with Nick Haas, who was known as Dark. He fell under his spell and grew resentful towards him for no reason until one day he woke up to him covered in dirt, holding a hose, blood on his hands and staring off into the distance, quote unquote, too alive. So he decided to take some photos to get his ass kicked out of his room because that's creepy as hell. And it wasn't until he touched him that Jamie screamed and then busted him over the head with a lava lamp. You got knocked the fuck out, man! He really wanted revenge, too. He was like, ruin my whole year, 22 motherfucking stitches. If you need someone to testify against this motherfucker, call me. Also, I still have those photos somewhere to prove that I once lived with a psycho. Jamie meets with Emma, and upon knowing she is taking Adderall to get into Ivy School, thinks that she needs to stop going this, going down this path of going to college. She's like, you encouraged me on this. He's like, I was wrong. 
she can't have other people telling her what she should do the pressure is too much then he says we are living on a rock flying in space and no one has the answers he tells her he knows she is unhappy and that continuing the path she's on won't help alleviate her anxiety depression whatever she might be feeling but belatedly after seeing her upset he realizes that he's putting all his own anxieties on a child who's probably at a normal age of her life that he became stuck in because i understand in a sense where he's coming from they don't be pressured to make decisions for your future that you don't really that you're not invested in and you're trying to appease other people i get that initial intention but his rhetoric is a little too um a little too far without just considering the fact that all kids do this too and i've heard this before i don't know where y'all getting adderall y'all can't just be like all kids doing it someone has to be passing out the drugs or having access to the prescriptions on the street he hears the thud of the shovel as it strikes earth nick was digging the grave as a bus comes he briefly considers suicide and then leela calls sonia thinks she hears someone tapping on her window at night after she's poured herself some wine she's so startled that she knocks over her wine it it turns out to be a branch and the wind is hitting it and this is my thought of why don't you go i don't know somewhere safer but then she decides to google her possible stalker with fascination Jamie gets home to Leela giving birth and kind of upset. Brian was called first and is staying for the birth, being in the position Jamie should be if he'd been more involved. I don't know what's going on between her and Brian. I thought Brian was the gay lover of Michael. However, it did kind of seem like they there was something unspoken between them that I didn't really get. He does tell her that he's happy which seems to relieve her harry is continuing to be blocked from being able to communicate with eli by his daughter but received photos of jamie from daniel that's the name of the roommate not charles on jamie's bed is the word ubermensch and i immediately went to frederick nietzsche because i have read a lot on him and watched a few documentaries so i knew where they were going with this leela gives birth at home a lot of women are doing this in response to covid and despite being or despite death being on his mind jamie is able to help her through it uh the tube i'm thinking that he has that he had in his hand was maybe to breathe when you're buried alive but he also gets rather sad to welcome his son into the world for as much as he was joyful about it harry walks around sonia's property helping her find places to put cameras while slowly leaking he's concerned about her she makes the first move as it were 
Jamie is attached to his new child. He has more postpartum than she do. Concerned about something happening to him, staying by his side despite days since his birth. Nick is haunting him no matter how much he tries to enjoy this new life he loves so much. Harry gets his dad's things at the police station and hides it under his desk. Nick finally gets the DNA back that proves that Jamie was near the gravesite. When Jamie comes back home from grocery shopping, he sees Brian holding his baby, who he just got to sleep and demands that he take him, or he give him to him, waking the baby in the process. And on one hand, yes, this is overreacting, but other on the other, what's up, Leela? You don't text your husband that there's another man in my house while you upstairs sleeping. What kind of shit is that? You don't just blindside somebody like that. You come home and there's someone in my fucking house. Like, what the, what the fuck? I understand that you're friends with my wife, but you ain't that damn close to me. And you seem to be stepping in a role that should be my role. So, while I was like, oh, damn, you had to jump into his grits like that. At the same time, I'm kind of with you for jumping in his grits. He leaves the house upset and Harry follows until eventually confronting him jamie that is with the fact that this thing isn't going away and they know about his past with nick despite laying out the facts jamie ain't too far gone that he doesn't suggest he prove his theory with evidence and says that he doesn't have any and i'm like what part of dna did you not hear sir or the fact that you've been lying the evidence may be circumstantial, circumstantial, but it still is significantly so. This is at least to hold your ass for 24 or 48 hours to get a search warrant. Um, and you're also being mentally unstable. It has been since the whole accident. Harry says, I just want you to know. I got my eyes on you. He knows that Nick still has a hold on him. So Jamie says, well, what would you do if you were me and Nick did have this hold on you? He says, confess. And once again, I'm siding with the bad guy here. Like, well, no, I don't want to do that. Clearly. If I just wanted to go ahead and unburden my soul, I'm sure I can make my own ass. Or my own way. Or my own, yeah, I was on my own ass. Down to the precinct. Sonia is now stalking Jamie. You're sick. So I see something is wrong with you. Yeah. You have a problem and you should have yourself checked. Yeah. Well, probably. Why are all parties involved weird as fuck, including Harry and his fascination that goes beyond the law, which Jamie pointed out to him? Saying about justice? You want to know the deep details? Harry meets with the dean of Jamie's college, Jamie and Nick's former college, and while Nick is recalled as an impressive pupil the same can't be said of jamie ubermensch he explains is the highest form of man the ubermensch creates his own form of morality i'm glad he brought up stalin because i already knew this particular fact that hitler well he didn't bring up stalin he brought up hitler stalin i believe tried to translate or justify their own individual form of cruelty using nietzsche's philosophy that God is dead and that the Ubermensch forges new values to live by. The challenge is that it requires will and discipline. 
However, one can find belief in their own superiority, something Nietzsche also warned about. Gaze into the abyss long enough and the abyss gazes back at you. Jamie is chastised once again by the principal, I'm guessing, since it's a high school, but it feels like a college for emma's decisiveness and once again how is this his fault (laughs) the parents are mad at me and he's he's like what am i supposed to do maybe they should be listening to their child maybe i know something that they don't know or you don't know like the fact that she's taking adderall and that she's been under an immense amount of pressure she might need some fucking counseling he even brought up that she's had mental issues in the past and no one seems to care about that but i think that's the commentary right everyone wants to push mental illness under the rug especially in the african-american community where help is kind of needed the most especially after the generational trauma that many black people have been through but it's always we shall overcome thus that means we don't need no help it's really incompetent on both the parents and the school's part she tries to ask what is going on with him but he calls her out for being more concerned about her job than a student telling him emma is being pulled from she tells him emma is being pulled from his class he's like that's not gonna fucking help anything she tries to make another comment he's like well fuck you then and she's like you can't talk to me like that just because we were former colleagues are we done she said for the moment caucasians let that be jamal instead of jamie you're gone fired out of here ain't nothing i can do for you jamie continues to spend all his extra time with his son avoiding the thudding of nick and that shovel and the earth until he finally decides to turn around and confront him he gives his son to nick when he requests and he says he needs to learn nick kills the child right in front of him and he yells for leela to take him gutted and that is what sparks him to go possibly seek some help harry gets a condolences at work from his chief when he realizes the package under the death desk means that his dad is dead it was so sweet it's just a comical moment between them i like it uh harry's like yeah he was an asshole it doesn't matter (laughs) jamie shows up asking to speak with harry upset he doesn't say much other than to help him and that everyone is fine but he needs some assistance Vic and the chief watch like what's going on in there Harry tells the chief that he's going to drive Jamie for a psych evaluation where he admits on the way there that he is so fucked because he didn't want Nick infecting him but now he can't get him out of him. Harry's side eye. What did he say? Harry encourages him he can do this for his son because right now he's just sitting at manslaughter right and while that's terrible considering possibly what nick was trying to make him do a jury might be lenient like maybe you were you know suspect to being brought into something that was unhealthy you tried to distance yourself from it but you know clearly you're mentally not okay we can 
we can uh, take steps and strides you haven't done anything that's unforgivable but as soon as he gets there harry warns to the intake that jamie is a threat to others and to call some security as long as with along with the doctor he gets in the room with the doc wanting harry jamie wanting him to come in with him he admits to the doc that he feels trapped like something is looming over him and he's the only one that can see it he's still stuck on the fact that they are alive and going to die now this is something that really does um this type of existential crisis can and does show itself or reveal itself in people in different ways it can lead to drinking it can lead to you know a mental break um so i like that they're exploring this idea that it is in a sense an existential crisis but on a whole other type of level harry doesn't like the doc thinking that jamie is possibly schizophrenic he's like let me do the questioning here sir when asked about suicidal thoughts jamie admits to having them but won't do it because it's just avoiding the pain and pain is the gateway suspecting that he may be detained and distrusting harry he talks about the fear one has as a new father and that this is what this is all about before running away into the woods because he's like yeah you're trying to have me committed i'm not about to let you do that soto calls harry desperate to know what has happened he's like look he ran off into the woods he's mentally unstable we need a warrant for his phone because he is liable to do something that is not okay and that's how we end the episode which was frustrating because i wanted to know more and now i have to wait all the way until next week well maybe not i might be adding um an extra episode to the schedule so we can just get caught up with a few things um so that i don't have to drag some shows out as long as some of them get dragged out especially since fall season's coming out which means a lot more other shows so i really want to start getting through some of these longer uh seasons we're almost just about done with um season three and then season four just came out and only one episode thus far so yeah uh would like to get current so we will see how we can fit that into the schedule if you want to send feedback for the next episode blackgirlcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic <laughs>